Hello and welcome to Inside Music, a very special Swapcast edition. I am your host, James Shotwell, and if you've read the title of this episode, you already know what's on the way. About a month ago, I introduced you to a brand new podcast called Not Quite, hosted by myself and my buddy Ben Leach. This is not a your normal podcast about music. Instead, it's two people who have had careers in music that are now talking about everything else going on in their life. Ben and I have both faced our fair share of battles in our own individual ways. Ben's had some problems with addiction and physical fitness, and I've had some problems with love and addiction and depression and all, all sorts of great, terrible things. And this is a podcast where we try to kind of sort it all out and find a way to move forward with our lives. When we listen to that episode, if, if you've listened to it, you can go back right now. It's in this feed. We said that the second episode would be live in a couple of weeks. And obviously, that didn't come to happen. And I, I'm going to go ahead and take fault for that right now. I was the one responsible for getting the show on iTunes. And I don't know what I did, but I have not been able to do it successfully. That said, Ben and I have continued to record episodes. We actually have this episode and an additional one, episode three, already recorded, and we're hoping to get episode four recorded this week, the week of July 18th, the day that I'm recording this introduction. I hope that we'll have the show on iTunes with its own feed soon, but until that time, I wanted to get this episode to you because it's getting old. It's actually been sitting in my hard drive for about a month now, and I want you guys to know what's happening because the stories that we told on the first episode have continued to evolve and grow, and there's a lot of new stuff that I want you to be able to be a part of so that you can continue being on this journey with us. I also want to give a quick shout-out to our friend Jacob Tinder, a listener, longtime pal of both Ben and I, and the guy responsible for designing the artwork you see for Not Quite Pod with this episode as well as the artwork you find on all of our networks. You can find us on Twitter. It's at NotQuitePod, as well as Ben and I. I'm James D. Shotwell. He's a regular-ass dude. That's, I mean, that's really who he is, but that's also his Twitter handle. And yeah, I, uh, I got real mad at myself for not getting this out sooner, and I hope you will forgive me. If you've listened to the first episode, you clearly know what's going on in my life, and so in this one, you're going to find out a little bit more about what's been behind all these delays. So I don't want to waste too much time because the episode runs probably an hour or a little over an hour, and I, I know that you're itching to hear it because a lot of you have reached out, and I cannot thank you enough for that. Like, honestly, it's, it's brought me to tears more than once, some of the messages I have received. So personally, thank you for that, and... Uh, uh, a few other things real quick. Inside Music will be back very soon. I'm working on a new episode, hopefully recording it this week. And uh, Not Quite will get its own feed and stop hogging up all the Inside Music. So if you don't like these Not Quite episodes, don't worry. It'll be out of your hair soon. And if you do, please keep an eye out for the announcement of our official Twitter, our official podcast feed launch and our iTunes launch and all of that. Because so many of you have responded so positively to the show that we absolutely want to keep it going. And we want you to be a part of this journey. So without further ado, I'm going to play a little bit of music. It's going to be a little on the nose given the uh, hosts of the show, but I think it's fitting for what we talk about in this episode. And yeah, we're going to get to the second episode of Not Quite, a podcast about recovery and life and everything in between. Enjoy. She said, can I come over? She's sitting in my driveway. I didn't want her this time. I didn't want this my way. I wanted yours instead. Whatever makes you happy, I'll fucking go to bed. I can hear your friends laughing and they are laughing at me. Don't lie to me, I know it. They fucking want to break me. The way their eyes look, show it. And I will probably let them. They'll get what they want. And I will probably help them. They will get what they want. He's lying on my bed, I guess he needs to sleep I think he lost all of my secrets, I couldn't speak And I keep writing poems, poems I'll never keep And she keeps knocking on my door when all I want to do is sleep She hasn't slept for days, I fucking wonder why She 
left around She left to go get high She said she hates her friends Cause they call her all night She's turning off her phone She's going out tonight With the notches of your spine Are looking sharp tonight And you think uh, Alright world, welcome to episode number two of Not Quite Podcast I'm host number one, James and I'm host number two, Ben. Sometimes he's host number one and I'm number two. We kind of trade off like that. It's all good. <laughs> How have you been, man? It's been a, a lot longer than we anticipated. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we get, you know, you, life life takes its place. We're still sorting out the frequency of this and how often we can um, actually meet up via the via the net to, to do this. The net. Uh, what a great movie. Um, but... <laughs> It's been, life's been good, you know. I'm uh, like four days or so from my um, uh, personal trainer exam. I'm very feeling very confident about it, and um, you know, I've just this week started taking on a client or two. Um, you know, my test basically makes things official, but you know, uh, yeah. So I took on a, a client or two this week, um, and I'm feeling good about it, man. You know, I'm very motivated. Uh, it just feels good to like to help uh, to to see other people like I'm um, being pleased with like what they're doing and and bettering themselves and just feeling good about just just life like you know I I'm doing this I do this, this is an avenue I took um, more for the benefits that go beyond uh, you know just uh, like skin deep aesthetics um, so that's you know I find a deeper reward in it. Um, you know, and I try to instill a deeper motivation in it than just like uh, looking good naked, which, you know, everybody wants, at, you know, at the start of the day, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's been a good, it's been a good couple of weeks. You know, I got a giant recycling bin dropped off for me from the city today. So that was cool. Um, but yeah, it's just been a, a busy, a busy week or two of working and kicking a lot of ass. Uh, I ran, um, I ran this uh, six-mile run on Saturday in the mountains because uh, I'm training for an ultra marathon in September, uh, and I was basically like my performance was a lot better than I was expecting given all the elevation change. Uh, so I'm happy, you know. It's been a, it's been a good productive week. How about you? Uh, well, you know, we told people to keep breathing for seven days and I think it became like 12. So hopefully everyone <laughs> continued breathing for the extra. Not out of oxygen yet. Yeah, no, uh, it's, it's been a, it's been a weird time. This has made it a little less weird, but also a little more weird at the same time because I didn't, I figured we'd put out the first episode and like the, I expected about a hundred or so people would hear it because that's about how many people listen to, uh, inside music in a given week. Usually the episodes eventually have hundreds of plays, but the, like there's a pretty dedicated hundred or so people. Yeah. Um, and then it got like I don't know, double that in like two days. <laughs> That's and, cool. Uh, it's still doing really well, and I'm happy with it. I mean, I don't know. It's like you asked me like, what is really good for podcasts? I'm like, I don't know. I only know. Yeah. I know that on a given day, I talk to at most like five different people. So anything more than five people to me is like, ah, someone else can't <laughs> exist. There we go. <laughs> so so we were pretty close to like hundreds of times that. Um, cool. So that's that's cool with me. Um, but we also had like a lot, I got a lot of weird emails from people, not like bad. You've seen, you've seen most of them or all of them, I think, but we even had like a, yeah. some, there's someone in their fifties, shout out to them if they're listening, who talked to us. And there was a girl from Canada that I've never met that reached out to me. And actually she followed up with me today 
oddly enough, didn't know we were recording. I was just like, hey, it's been a while since you guys released that episode. Is everything going well with yeah, you? Yeah, you guys. I was, like, what are... I was like, oh, no, we already have a support system in place. Yeah. We, we left them with like, life is in shambles. We'll be back in seven days. Seven yeah. days came and went. Two weeks later. Uh... <laughs> two weeks later. No, life's good. Just... But this is a pretty good example of where I'm at in life, though. Where it's like, it's been two weeks and I'm like, ah, seven days later for me. This is it yeah. like it's only been... <laughs> Uh, but no, I've been I've been running running the world. I've been to like eight states and uh, four hotels and so many days over like ten days with one other person, my buddy, oh, my other Ben, the other Ben in my life. The other Ben, yeah, been here a little bit Summer longer. Ben. I actually I realized this weekend that I've known him longer as a as a as a person in my life, but I've only I've actually known of you for like two. He's got like you've got like two years on him. Hey, you know, because I've I been think around a while because you there was a hand. There's a small handwritten thank you note when I ordered Party for the Grown and Sexy from you way back on the pure volume days. Ooh. So I feel like I count that as like our first interaction. So you you predate him by like two years. OK. I'll count that as our inter- our first interaction as well. <laughs> That's fair. So uh, but I've been with him. Uh, he was the best man at my wedding and stuff. So going through all of this has kind of been cool to have him to like, oh, let's move on to the next chapter in my life. So, lean on and everything of that nature. So we did two EDM festivals. Uh, Spring Awakening in Chicago was like 90 degrees for three days and, um, and amazing if you like EDM. I usually like I always go into EDM festivals being like, this is the one that's going to convert me. Um, okay. And then like halfway through the weekend, I'm like, oh, Jesus, is this ever going to end? Cause it's just, it's just like, that would be like going to church every weekend and be like, one of these days, the spirit's going to hit me. This, this, <laughs> that trumpet is going to sound one of these days. Yeah. This, this, uh, this is the day. Well, it's just, it, it's weird because like when you go to a rock festival, there's very little chance you're going to hear the same song twice in one day. But when you go to an EDM festival, a lot of these guys, unfortunately do like pre-planned sets. So like the whole hour is you know, pretty much mixed out. Yeah, it's get on tough. Stage. So I heard, like, there are two Kendrick Lamar songs, the Be Humble one and uh, Good Kid, Mad City. I heard those two songs dropped nine times in one day, and I was just like, okay, I'm over it. Like, I'm over it. That's, this is... <laughs> that's pretty rough. It was, uh, that would require drugs on yeah, my end. It was, it was a little rough, and I didn't have many. We were in Chicago, so it was a little rough. But, it's uh, a different story out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we, uh, you know, it was fine. I saw some cool stuff. They have, you know, the cool thing about EDM festivals is the light show and the fire and the, all that stuff. That was all. Yeah, great. they do it. You know, if you're going to play the same song nine times in the course of an afternoon, you got to have some high production value. Yeah. So there's that. We did that for the weekend. Came back to Minneapolis for a few days. Left like 48 hours later. Drove to Colorado. Had a 17 hour drive to Spanish Peaks, Colorado. It was like being on tour without getting paid when you got there. So a lot like being. I mean, that's often what tour is like. (laughs) Yeah. So we drove. Not getting paid once you get there. (laughs) So we drove down there to uh, Sonic Bloom, which was like a fifth the size of Spring Awakening. It's in the mountains. It's like you can't. It's on a dirt road, like ten miles down a dirt road, underneath a mountain. It's gorgeous, but the music is terrible, and the hippies are. It's like all hippies, but no hippie community. Just a lot of dirty, twenty somethings. So were you camping or were you camping. you were in a hotel there too? Camping, looking at a mountain. So like literally was, wake up and see the mountains. How was that? That was, that was cool. That part was great. Uh, all the jam bands and stuff in between. I, I not that I don't even hate jam bands. It was just this was just it was all very underwhelming. It was like the mm-hmm. uh, like the C list version of a one of those kind of festivals. 
Yeah. I mean, you could pretty much say that the same thing went for their social change of the late 60s. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, um, but... Yeah, so I did that for a few days, and then we ended up we stayed in a hotel the last night. The day uh, going in, we we stayed at a hotel, and coming out, we stayed at a hotel. And then I flew home yesterday, and I didn't even talk for you for a good chunk of that. But I was pretty much just eating edibles in the mountains of Colorado for like five days, really trying glorious time trying to find myself through losing myself. Uh, As much as we talk about avoiding thoughts about thoughts, it's pretty much all I did. (laughs) I mean, that's you know. It has its it has its place. If you're doing other stuff while also doing that, it's doable. Yeah. But if you're just like in your own stew, <laughs> like, you know that's you know, and not and it's not accentuated by some kind of a hallucinogenic or a propellant in that sense. Yeah. Then you know you're 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 in for a general bad time. But yeah, if you're if you're doing what's legal in Colorado, then you know. It's kind of par for the course. It is weird. Uh, I've never gotten over the the legalness of Colorado. I love it. Don't get me wrong, but it's, oh, it's weird. It's definitely weird, and, it, and people are so open about it. Like <laughs> the first time uh, I went to Colorado on tour, well, the the first time I went with like and had somewhere to stay once it was legal, because I ended up uh, getting into a pretty serious green out situation. Cause I was sick and I didn't want to like smoke with everybody. And so, um, the people we were staying with were like, <laughs> we're like, we have some THC in pill form. And I was like, yeah, sure. That's fine. And I was like, how many of these am I supposed to take? And they were like, two is usually good. And I was like, okay, two good to go. Um, I learned later as I was unable to walk up the stairs <laughs> that I was given 100 milligrams of THC <laughs> And, uh, like my, the next, like I was high for two days, <laughs> like two, maybe three. Amazing. Um, but they, just like absurd, like absurd things happen. Like I was, they put me in the shower for, I don't know why they were all very stoned too. They were like, this'll fix it. Um, and I was in the shower for what felt like two hours and it had apparently been 15 minutes, you know, just like your sense of time kind of goes away. Um, but it was an interesting experience, um, and and uh, it's not one I would repeat. But you know, um, yeah, I just uh, I'm down with edibles, but the potency of them sometimes scares me. Yeah, the, you you're know. Gonna die. Oh no, you know you're, you're not. You're gonna, gonna die. feel like you're gonna die for a while. Yeah, no, that's the, that's <laughs> the thing. I like to avoid. I like to avoid even feeling like I'm gonna die. So like <laughs> roller coasters, or like the Tower of Terror in Disney World. Like those are things that are not a good time to me because I want that like I want that feeling of like potential imminent death to stay sharp so that when it's real, (laughs) it's all right. I'm ready to I'm ready to pounce and run or fight. Like I don't like I don't want to be unsure. That's (laughs) maybe the best in defense of fight or flight ever I've heard. Yeah, (laughs) I want that to stay real sharp. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. But I, otherwise, like I'm, I'm down. I'm down for the experience. I definitely had no feelings of I'm gonna die on this trip. I mostly, uh, you know, what I kind of got obsessed with was I got obsessed with how we, we had a lot of time. We were in a set car for 17 hours. So you got some time to talk about dumb stuff. Yes. And we started talking about like uh, we were listening to something on the radio about 
a question that somebody was posing about whether or not there was a such thing as a United States of America, because they're like, it doesn't like, what do we, what are we united over? Like in, in the instance where there is some like terrible thing happens stateside and we all have to like defend America. Like, are we actually going to be able to come together and do that? And if so, what is the thing that would bring us all together? This was on the radio. Yeah. Like FM radio. Uh, I don't know. We're in the middle of nowhere. Who knows? What yeah, it was. I was wondering <laughs> if this is like some guy's like libertarian so, radio station. So it got us down this weird rabbit hole of like cracks, and like they kind of related to like you know, in a, in a Trump America, we realize that like our divisions are a lot bigger than we maybe like to pretend they are a lot of the time. Yeah. And uh, I got obsessed with the idea that I think the first time we as a nation realized that was the whole Colorado legalization thing. Cause it's so bizarre to me that I can, <laughs> that I can drive into that state, go somewhere, pay like $50, have enough milligrams to put a, you know, uh, put a person to sleep for three days. And it's perfectly legal to just consume it and do whatever I want. Uh, but if I drive like 10 miles outside of the state and get pulled over, I'm going to jail for like the next 30 years. Yeah. Well, uh, and it's, it's kind of white. So it's probably not 30 years. Yeah, it's probably well, like you know. two weeks time served. To be fair, having, having been pulled over with that in my car at least twice, it's uh, so far it's nothing. It's, uh, <laughs> um, but it's, it, but it's one of those my things bad where it's officer. like, that was the first time that you're kind of like, oh, this, should, we, we just made all this up. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, you know, we made stuff up foundation. as we're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's definitely a, a question that needs to be asked more. Um, yeah, I think a lot of that was like, it is weird, but a lot of the, a lot of people's like fear of that just comes from like the conditioning of the 70s and 80s where, you know, the whole, Nixonian and Reagan war on drugs and and all of that stuff and just watching you know cops was the number one show on television for like a decade we were just watching poor people get arrested for for a small possession of marijuana and like acting like they were on bath salts like we were chasing guys down with dime bags like that had dime bags in their pockets on like a Friday night with dogs like so you know no, you I watch totally enough agree. of that and you, you have to like, if you watch that every Friday night for several years, you have to start justifying it mentally. You're like, well, they wouldn't be chasing them if it wasn't dangerous. Like, <laughs> why would you sick a dog on somebody if there was nothing wrong with it? Like, so you're like, there must be something wrong with it. Kind of like the opposite of the, uh, there's this strategy you can use in life, uh, to get people to like you. Um, Basically, the theory is like if you ask somebody like if you want someone to like you, you ask them to borrow something. You ask to, them to lend you something um, because if they lend it to you, then they can't they like you can't. Uh, you can't. Um, what's I'm looking for a word. Uh, you can't like explain away the fact that you don't like them, but you lent them that thing. You know what I mean? Those aren't those are incongruous. So your brain, like that person's brain tends to be like, oh, well, I must like that person if I lent them my shovel. Because you trust them with something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but it's like the opposite of that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there must be something wrong with it if these, if these police are <laughs> chasing down these guys with helicopters and dogs over $50 worth of pot. Altruism is a beautiful thing, if not flawed. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's a toughie. Yeah, my mom's that's that's like my uh, my parents in a nutshell. Like that's their whole outlook on the world. Well, bad they wouldn't be doing something to them if there wasn't a good reason for it. Like yeah, if you've got nothing to hide, and a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not big privacy people. No, actually, it was weird. My parents have been like. Oh, I grew up in like a super Christian household. It's very conservative. They hated like no profane music, hated abortion, mm. and so on and so forth. Like all just down the line, everything except for like da- like dancing was okay in our house. Like we weren't full yeah. on footloose, but like uh, one rung up on the ladder. <laughs> um, and it's it's weird how like in the last decade they've really come around. I don't know like what happened. Like they didn't, for example. Um, I didn't drink for the first time until I was like 18 years old. And my parents didn't drink in the house until I went to college. Okay. So like my whole I mean, life, sense. no one, like they didn't drink, they didn't even drink socially. Like if we went out, like they didn't go out with friends and get drunk. If we went out, maybe my dad had a drink, but like it was not something I was even exposed to until I was uh, like going to college really. And yeah. uh, then, uh, then like since then though, now they own a margarita machine. <laughs> now they own a margarita yeah. machine. You know, today's my well, dad's we did the best we birthday. could with him. Yeah. Now the world's got him. Yeah, and so like now it's weird because they were high school sweethearts and they had me super young, so it's almost like they found a way to just like pause <clears throat> kind of going wild in their 20s and hold it for 18 years. And then they're yeah, like, well, now we're doing it. Yeah, my you know, my wife Christine, her parents have a kind of similar story that not I just mean as far as the the like you know live in your twenty you know how these days everybody's kind of drinking hard until they're like twenty seven or twenty eight and then dad bod starts catching up with them and like what happened? Um, but uh, you know they had her pretty young and essentially didn't have the opportunity to like go out and do the whole like I'm twenty one for a couple of years thing. And it's uh so like they're they're kind of like they're not going crazy now, but you know they'll go out and like have you know go and meet their friends for drinks and stuff now. It was like they couldn't do that before because they were raising they're you know, doing their best to raise raise two kids. Um, so it's it's not uncommon. And I think it it's definitely not weird. But I think you need to get your parents uh, matching T-shirts that say uh, we own a margarita machine. Yeah, my dad became um, like a parrot head. So. Yeah. So it's even a Jimmy Buffett margarita machine. It's not oh just like gosh. a normal margarita machine. Like it's he's, branded. He bought he went full branded. Jimmy Buffett Margarita Machine. They actually stayed at Margaritaville on their last vacation. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I don't so I don't really know who these people are. It's almost yeah, like uh, aliens replaced my parents at like nineteen. They just, they just cut loose. They had some epiphany about life and were like, but We figured it out. <laughs> it, no, there's still that double standard though. And this like it's it's kind of one of the cool things about having this show where I just kind of tell my own truth because like that's how they are. But now if mm-hmm. you and I, if I took you to dinner with my parents and we were like hanging out together, we could all get drinks. And if, if you told a story where you like fucked up or you, uh, you swore in the context of the story, if you were yes. like, Oh, and then I did this stupid thing, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they would laugh and they would be like, Oh my God, Ben, you're so funny. That's uh, you're so well, it's so great that you can look at your life in that way. Now, if I was like, yeah, that story, that thing that happened to you totally sucked. My mom would stop the meal to tell me to not say sucks. Well, it's probably like very ingrained and it's a, it's like they think, you know, they don't want, um, it's one probably just force a habit and I'd say it's just force a habit at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we've reached this weird, uh, this weird unspoken thing where like 
they're proud of me, but they don't engage with anything I do unless I uh, tell them to outright. So like if I send them a copy of the new issue of Substream, they'll read it and they'd love it and they'll you know show a friend if someone comes over. But they aren't like reading everything I write or and they especially don't like listen to the podcast. Maybe my dad does from time to time. Yeah. But, uh, I know that they didn't listen to the last one because they definitely would have called <laughs> and been like, oh, my God, why, why haven't you told us any of these things before? Yeah. Um, and I would just be I like, mean, well, it's not, it's not something that we can do in our household. And that's cool. Yeah. Again, you know, again, that's it's, you know, my I don't I don't. I mean, you know, you have I have a, a you have a weirder family life than mine, so I can't complain. It's I mean, it's a little weirder. Uh, but, you know, again, like. I'm not like I'm not totally sure my dad knows like who I am as a person in all reality but like you know I don't know if my I don't know how you know my mom's lived a a life of you know just like ra- like raising her kids and doing everything she can to to make the ends meet and stuff and so like you know she probably she probably listens to my band but like isn't like always uh wasn't always like checking up on the website and it's also like a it's a thing that's it's not like a regular existence. Like it doesn't make sense. It's like, so you're trying to make money by writing about your feelings and then putting them in song. Like wh- what the hell's the matter with you? Like, <laughs> Why would you like, tell that's not that? how you yeah. do it. You go to a place, you clock in, you give away all that time, you clock out and then they give you money later for it. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like it's like, pursuing something that you're interested in um that like that's like a creative effort like doesn't make a sense to like baby boomers because <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't really an option like yeah. the notion of trying to be bob dylan or like credence clearwater revival like it like the logistics of that are, it's like a foreign language it's like well first you, you know like you and i would know like well first you do this and then hopefully this happens and then like hopefully this happens and that's like it's you know it's like uh winning the lottery over and over until until you don't have to do you don't have to work anymore essentially yeah Uh, and that just like if you explained it to somebody that way nobody would do it you know what i mean no you're absolutely right it's uh it's it is it is a weird it is kind of a trying thing like that and i also think it's just that we live in a society today that's kind of promoted on the idea of like be unique. And if you're unique enough, then maybe you'll be able to do that unique thing forever. Like that's kind of how all of social society works in the digital age. It's like, just be yourself and it's, it might be flawed, but that's uh that's a thing that's only happened in like literally the last 30 years. Uh, I was was advertisers started, started a, approaching like they started advertising to youth and celebrating youth and that didn't used to be a thing like used to celebrate experience and knowledge and you know and things that generally come with age but you you know they started focusing on like teenagers and and the young like 16 to 35 demographic and you know 40s the new 30 and 50s the new 40 like all that stuff eternal youth Um, kind of became the focus yeah well i was thinking like i had a moment yesterday i was at the hotel in denver and i was texting with my boss 
and he was emailing me about something else simultaneously. And then I had to call him to ask him a question that would be too long for either of those formats. And I realized that I was having a conversation with one person on three platforms like simultaneously. And I was like, that's only a thing that's existed for like 30 years now. Not even like uh, less than 20 for all three of them. Yeah. <laughs> that's like Star Trek chess. But like back in the day, uh, you know, so there's like one or there's like you could send someone a letter, you could call them. Some people you could fax if it was like a business. But now, even now, like in my very short time of like, okay, well, this divorce is happening, and I've kind of tried to not date or anything necessarily, but I have tried to like immerse myself in the world a little bit more to be like, let me talk to some people that I haven't yeah. talked to for whatever. Just try to get to know people, and yeah. it's like uh, poke your head out of the foxhole. Yeah, it's crazy because like I have my my platforms that I use to like be the personality that is James on the internet. Um, but I never know how to engage with somebody because it's like, okay, well, if we uh, maybe they added me on Snapchat or they've added me on Twitter or they text me or they talk to me on Facebook chat or we send each other emails or whatever, the calling being like the smallest of all of them. Mm -hmm. um, it's just like there are so many channels and I find myself doing this thing now where like, oh, my friend sent me a Snapchat earlier and before I could reply to that, they sent me a text message and now I have to respond to that. But do I respond to the Snapchat first? And I don't like... I just don't like having to be social in this day and age. I'm one of those people. So, I've become a sitcom character. I'm it's so, uh, there's so much obligation. Yeah. Like I, I read, you know, um, for better or for worse, like guys like, uh, you know, got like people in the music industry, like you and, um, and, and a couple other people I follow, like they're, they're always like, uh, you know, musicians need to be doing this. And, uh, or like, like this is a thing that we have to focus on. You can't like, ignore that aspect of of that and there's just like ever increasing obligations like in music like you you now like you gotta you gotta have good video content in addition to like busting your ass to write songs that don't suck and then you also got to engage with your fans on various social media platforms and you also need to be like hunting down and trying out new methods of engaging with people and trying to get retention um so it's like it's continuously more and more work while the money for that work continuously goes down yeah you know and so it's a it's like now i need to make vi like now i have to make extra music videos with the less money i get from streaming like it's it's pretty uh it's it's interesting but that applies to like our just everybody's daily life too if you're like fully active and immersed in like all of the varying social media platforms. Um, it's like you got to, you know, people are posting videos and photos to Snapchat, but also Instagram and also Facebook. And like, if you're, if you're theoretically doing it, quote unquote, right, you're not posting the same thing to each, each of them, you know, and uh, I can only imagine what it's like to be 19 right now. Like, it's true. I like, I fully understand or empathize with, with any frustration that anybody that didn't exist without the internet has. Well, I saw, uh, uh I just remembered the other day that like the, the rapper chief Keef, he's, uh, he's only 21 years old. Right. And we've been talking about chief Keef since back when you had a band. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? It's just one of those examples where it's like, I can't imagine like he's somebody where it's like, he had a full career in rap. He had a major studio album. He's done tours. He's had mixtapes. He's almost done all three phases of a major artist career. And he's 21 years old. And it's like, and he was just able just now able to drink. Like, yeah. And he had a, and he had that, I hate being sober song when he was like 17. <laughs> yeah. 
like what like I mean, you know, his life experience is vastly different from yours or mine. Um, growing up in Chicago. Yes. Is he Chicago? Yeah, yeah, he's Chicago. And now he lives on the West Coast. Um, because he can't go to Chicago. Um, but uh yeah, like it's you know, it's a vastly different experience. But to be like pushed through the music grinder by the time you're 21 and being like, wait, I'm already in my second act of, of life. Like, like, what do I, like, what am I supposed to do? Become chief Keith, the motivational speaker? Like, like it's a, it's a wild thing. Like it's life accelerates, but until like, I don't know if there's a way to put, put brakes on it without uh stopping the whole thing. Absolutely. No, it's, it's uh it's too much and that's i guess that's really what we should have called this podcast second act i guess that's what this podcast is about sure <laughs> in a way i want to talk i want to ask you about something you have going on because last episode we talked a lot about my stuff and uh i know that you're starting this uh this coaching thing this life coaching thing i don't want to turn this into a well a, a yeah thing yeah for, a thing for you to like just promote your services but like i want yeah. i want people to know what you're up to because I, i've seen you post on instagram and i was like i was like am i am i Am I a patient zero for his self-help company? <laughs> did, I, did I unknowingly become patient zero? Like, is this Dr. Ka- Are you Dr. Katzing me right now? Dr. Katz. That would be, it'd be, that'd be pretty sneaky, but no, I'm not patient zeroing you. Like, this is, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, no. So yeah, essentially like I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, be- I'm becoming a, as of Saturday, you know, I'll be officially a, a certified personal trainer and, um, my my motivations for getting into it, uh, as I talked about briefly earlier, was you know uh, after I got sober, uh, I first realized that I was sleep deprived, and then I realized that I was eating terribly, uh, and then I realized that I needed to move my body around and and do things do things that you know that that's in everyone's DNA to do, um, <clears throat> and from that I. I first was focused on sort of the aesthetics of it. Like I want to lose weight and look good. Um, and it wasn't until, you know, I mentioned before that I, I let go of chasing the, uh, chasing the aesthetic of it and just that surface level, like basically what you can post on Instagram kind of stuff, um, level of motivation for it that I really discovered how much of a difference it can make, you know, um, you know, as recent as, and these are lessons that I, like I've forgotten in the past and backslid on and my mental health has suffered because, because I wasn't doing what I needed to do, um, in order to stay, you know, um, centered and, and just mentally and physically balanced. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to, trying to reach out and help others that, that, you know, were where I was, you know, a few years ago. And, uh, like, you know, I, I may have mentioned it, but, you know, there's a, a quote that went around the Internet recently. It was essentially um, become what you needed when you were younger. And that's that's kind of my whole motivation for this. Like I needed like I could have used somebody that was like, you're doing all right. Like, let's you know, you got some things to sort out. But I like I needed I needed a role model or or help, you know, had any had anybody had anybody truly cared about me um, during that was that was in my circle um, in uh, in the last year or two of my drinking like this would like 
we we might still be here now, but um, there's, there's a chance that I, I'd still be, you know, touring as music. My life might be entirely different. Um, and that's not to say that I don't, like, I love the version of life I'm living now, um, but who knows where it would be? Um, and who knows how much time I wasted, like, not, uh, not how much time I wasted not caring for my, not taking care of myself. Um, so I'm just trying to, to help others that like, you know, have a sense that something's not right and they, they want more for themselves, but don't know how to take those first steps. So, you know, my, my focus is on, on, uh, the, the fitness aspect of it, but there's a lot of soft skills and habit forming that, that expound beyond just, just working out. And, uh, you know, my, my major focus is on like behavioral change and, and sort of sorting out how to help people, uh, in that aspect as well. Um, yeah. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm taking on clients of all ages and I do some on like doing some online coaching, uh, you know, and, uh, I do personal training at a gym here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania as of this week. And yeah, I'm just getting, getting into all that. And, um, you know, it's never too late because I consider myself a, a late bloomer as far as someone figuring out how to live a life that, you know, makes them feel their best. Um, and that's kind of, I think that's kind of going to end up being the, the place where I thrive the most and working with people that have been knocked down and are struggling to get back up. So is this a combination of like, uh, I guess, speed like discussion and like are you giving them challenges or like making suggestions like you know eat healthy work out whatever yeah so i mean with my online coaching i'll like we'll have like essentially we'll have like a, a sit down chat for like an hour uh via skype or in person depending on where everyone is and then i uh you know, we'll talk about where they are and where they want to go and and the obstacles that are in their life to that that impede that progress, and then I'll uh, based on that, you know, formulate a fitness plan for them, and then we'll uh, I'll give them some homework as far as you know maybe some reading about uh, specific issues that they brought up um, or possibly education on like disinformation, you know, because the internet is full of uh, things that aren't necessarily accurate or applicable to every person. Um, to just kind of like, you know, it's my job to sift through all the stuff that's been, you know, held, like I can't, I can't direct them through their like maze of life, but I can give them like clues and hints, you know what I mean? You know, to, uh, teach a man, uh, give a man a fish, teach a man a fish, that whole thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, from there, what's that? I said I follow. Yeah. And then from there, uh, we kind of fine tune things. So... Like our first week is general experimentation, and then once we sort of know what is working and isn't working, we start kind of like fine-tuning nutrition because I find that, you know, a lot of people uh, rely too heavily on things like caffeine and sugar, like myself. You know, I'm not I'm not a special person, I, you know, um, and those are two things that I found that made a world of difference. There's a lot of scientific evidence to back up that those that are prone to anxiety or depression or varying a myriad of things like cutting down on the stimulants in your life um that give you like those that dopamine kick um you know tend to help and tend to even you out but you know those those 
I do my best to personalize all of my, uh, basically the advice I give people. It's all very conditional because nobody's the same, but you know, we have similar threads that run through us given, given the fact that we all live in a Western society at the moment. And, but yeah, you know, my goal with all of it is to get people to a point where they don't need me and they're, they're in a spot where they can make all these decisions on their own. And, you know, perhaps they've found somebody, uh, locally, like a friend or a family member or a significant other that is, uh, you know, they start building up a little tribe where they're, where they are locally. And, uh, if they want to continue working together beyond that, that's great. Um, but yeah, my goal is for people to not need me and to be able to basically do what I've done for them. So you want to be a, a parent basically. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I get like, you know, I'm just joking, but kind of, you know, yeah. in a way, like, you know, you guide people through stuff and, you know, I'm just trying to, just trying to help everybody. I always hear that. The, <laughs> I've always heard that the best parenting advice is to be the parent that you wish you had. So that's why when you said it that way. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I would say that's the, that's the, I mean, it's, that's sort of like the, the abstract of like paying it forward in a universal scale, like be what you needed. You know, and that gives, I think that gives you, that helps you to fill the hole that, you know, clearly you're like, well, I needed this and I didn't get it. Um, it helps you fill that while passing, passing those kind of skills and, and, uh, and lessons and, you know, assistance on to others. And hopefully those people are also like, can help somebody else in need, you know? Absolutely. I, uh, no, I think, I think it's a beautiful thing. I always think about trying to get into like uh, coaching for like industry and stuff. Cause that's becoming quite the industry, but I don't know. I'll think about it. We'll see. That's a, that's a future James decision. I got other life stuff to figure out in the short term. Yeah. Uh, him. I give you an update though. Let's, I can go to a divorce update. That sounds fun. All right. Um, divorce update. Uh, I feel like there's a, a sound effect here that, yeah, we that need a morning like a, DJ would like play. A, ba-dum, 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 no, something. Yeah, we need <laughs> like uh, we need listeners that like make little sound cues for sections on the show. One of them being yes. a divorce update. It's, like a, <laughs> it's actually just that uh oh, can I borrow a feeling song by Millhouse's dad? That's the cue. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That's it's the divorce update record, cue. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's perfect. Um so I got back yesterday. I flew into uh, Minneapolis and uh, Lisa had been here. She had gone off on some trip this weekend and she came back. And so we were at the house together and it was weird because like I mentioned in the last episode, we've oddly been getting along really well. Um, so yesterday we had the odd, the odd experience of going through our records and movies and like basically any shared possession that we have and dividing them between the two of us. And uh, all I realized through it all was uh, I'd like to just sell everything, <laughs> anything, yeah. anything that she was like, oh, do you mind if I uh, keep this record or whatever? I was like, please take whatever you want. Please take it all. Yeah, yeah. I, um, you know, I don't uh, philosophy is fine, but I always feel like the best philosopher is George Carlin. Like that's my philosopher in life where I'm like, he's, well, you he's, know, he's like a modern comedians. philosopher. Or just blue collar philosophers. I think comedians are the last of the philosophers, really, in, in today's modern age. But uh, Carlin has a great quote that's like, trying to be happy by accumulating possessions is like trying to satisfy hunger by taping sandwiches all over your body. Yeah. And uh, when we were driving to Colorado, I was re- I've been rereading uh, his two of his books, Brain Droppings and Napalm and Silly Putty. And uh, I read that quote and I was just like, 
Yeah, man, I think I'm just going to get rid of it all or most of it. Everything except for like clothes I need, the computers that I need and like some some things that like I really care about or like I want to sh share with people. Because like the way I've always approached most possessions, like records, for example, is there's records that I buy because like I love a band or I'm friends with them. And then there's a few things that I have because like I discovered a lot of music <clears throat> through my dad's vinyl collection. So I want to be mm -hmm. able to be like, here are the essentials to get you started to be a cool person. Um, You're so, paying it forward. Yeah, paying it You're, forward in that like, way. Where the I'm, stuff you do keep yeah. is a benefit to others in the long run. And I realize as I get older that a lot of the things that I feel like I want to pass on are things that were passed on to me in some way. Like my dad, my dad really is the reason that I love comedy so much. And for him back in the day, it's going to sounds weird now to say, but for me growing up, it was like Bill Cosby records. Like that was the comedian that my dad loved growing up. And everyone well, loved Cosby back in the day. Yeah. Like it's, you know, he's objectively a funny comedian objectively like, one of the most important comedians ever yeah invented the and, style of stand-up that we do today yeah it's a <laughs> like how everything like yeah yeah it's a you weird know, thing in hindsight but uh what kind of you know it's like what kind of person is driven to perfect a craft so much like there's yeah. there's there's got to be there's there's always uh anybody that's um performing at such a high level is uh driven by you know, is yeah. driven. Well, there's always a one way or another. I always like to say there's always a counterbalance. So if you're mm -hmm. extreme in one way, there's something else extreme somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but that was a big thing. And so now like I have, uh, some of the Carlin records, obviously, but then some other like modern record, I have a, a Sam Kinison's, uh, big breakout record, which they don't even print anymore. Like prized possession comedy albums where I'm like, my kid will know who these yeah. people are or my whatever, whoever I pass on my, mm -hmm. my whatever sire. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's like those things, but I, I, I picked those out very quickly and now we're kind of sitting in our, in our home, which is slowly becoming divided into two sides, like two lives. It's very weird after seven years to kind of see everything go back to like, this side is my side and this side is your side and here's yeah. all of our stuff and here's all the things that we share that neither one of us can take because we're both kind of poor or we don't know where we're going or it's just yeah. you know big and clunky so we're getting rid of it and it's just like it was weird and like we got along all night and we hung out and like we had we had some but there are all these weird moments where like uh we got back and I was all off from the time change from Denver. And she was like, do you, you want to get dinner or something? I was like, no, I'm not that hungry. She's like, I want to walk up to the store. Do you want to walk with me? And I was like, eh, I'll just you know do stuff. Cause in my head, there's a part of my body. That's like uh, the, the, the instinct is to be like, yeah, let's fucking let's go. And then there's a part of me that's trying to, uh, get into the habit of being like, nah, I, I probably should independent. I shouldn't entertain the idea of doing everything with you because eventually I'm going to have to do everything by myself. Yeah. Um, so I was there's just like a oh. movie about that. Um, <laughs> probably more than one. Yeah, um, well, I mean several. Yeah, <laughs> I just but, remember uh, that being a specific moment somewhere. So like, so that was happening, and she, she kind of took her back too, where she was like, "That's weird," and I was like, "Why is that weird?" I mean, I feel like that's just kind of like how things are now. Like we do things. Yeah, like we don't get that comfort anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like I let <laughs> her use my, I let her use what is now my car this weekend because it's the newer car and it has like good AC. And she was going on her trip and I was flying, so I was like, "Why don't you take my, take the blue car?" And it was like a whole weird thing where it was like, "Oh, it's my car now, not our car." Yeah. Uh, but she was just like, "Oh, I just, I just, I kind of figured that you would get back from your trip and you'd want to hang out or something because you always want to hang out when you've been gone for a while." And I was like, "Well, I yeah. mean." 
Yeah. We don't get to play house anymore. I was like, yeah, but I can't. Like, the thing is, is like, if I if I come home and we just hang out like we would any other time, then I'm just kind of denying what is really happening in the moment. And I kind of have to get used to that still. Yeah. Because it's coming faster than I know. I know that we're losing this apartment by the end of July now. Uh, so I've got to like figure it out. I'm probably going to move back to Michigan for the short term at least, and then figure it out from there. But it's like, I was like, this stuff is happening. And then like in six weeks time, we aren't going to live together anymore. We're going to be in different States. We're going to have completely separate lives. And like, I got to find a way to prepare for that. And it's weird. Yeah. Cause we'll start talking and you fall into, you know how it is. Like if you ever have a falling out with a friend and then after a few years you see each other, and you kind of have that moment where like after a few awkward chats, you're like, oh, we fall back into that groove. It's it's yeah. exactly like that. But but it's like an irrevocable rift is between you and you're both ignoring it. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's fine. We Absolutely. can just be buddies like this and act like we didn't just do all this stuff. And then yeah. Like, oh, no, I can't. And soon it's going to be like a lot more obvious to both of us. And we're kind of trying to mentally prepare because like we would text while I was gone. She would text me and be like, oh, um, I had to buy the cat's food just so you know. I'd send her money for the cat's food. And then I would you know, instinctually be like, so what are you up to? And she would tell me. And then I was like, I can't. Yeah, yeah. I've got to like, I've got to like cut the cord in some weird way. So that's like, yeah, there's, there's going to have to be a break mm. in, in a like, not necessarily a complete break in like contact, but sort of like those like. You have to like abandon old patterns. Yeah, you gotta like um, that's for the a thing. time you at gotta, the very like, least. You gotta break the cycle so that you stop expecting the cycle. Mm-hmm. So I gotta like stop expecting that she's gonna pick me up from the airport or she's going to, you know, whatever, answer my texts or ask me how my fucking day went, whatever the thing is. And so there's just been a lot of those in the last two weeks. So I've been gone pretty much the whole time and she's been here. So we've kind of had our own lives, but there's still that habit of like, well, when I'm traveling, we still we chat about whatever's going on in the world. Um, yeah so there's been some of that but it has been it hasn't i wouldn't say it's been hard and like the uh it happens and then i want to cry and it's like that it's more just like we're both it's like we're in purgatory and we're kind of stuck here together and we're like yeah understandably for a time and we're going to different places not that like i'm going to heaven and she's going to hell purgatory but (laughs) it's more like Oh, one of we're going to our two different places and we're yeah. kind of just stuck in this area where it's like, OK, well, the past is the past, but we're still like knee deep in it, literally sifting through it. Yeah. Um, and having to talk about it and talk about it in detail. And like uh, the car that she's keeping was actually registered to like my parents. So she's like had to deal with them. And it's just like, oh, it's just gross. It's just a big old mess of like awkward logistics are a nightmare in so, general so now i'm so now i'm like oh there's a new transformers movie i'm gonna go see that i'm gonna i'll go review it anything to not be just sitting here uh, in between our individual piles of belongings dude there's knights this time there's, dude there's knights there's knights optimus prime's gonna try to kill bumblebee things are happening i actually i when we were on this trip i made Ben saw two movies with me just because there were things I had to review for Substream. They were both awful, but I clearly remember thinking like, well, this is better than dealing with my stuff now because it, yeah. like, cause you know how it is when guys hang out and I'm sure it's like this with some girls too. Like it wasn't like a week and a half of him being like, man, how are you handling this? Are you getting through this? Do you need <laughs> interviewing to you the whole time? Do you want to, do you want to <laughs> hug? Do you want any kind of physical touch at all? <laughs> it was more just, it was more just like, Hey, remember that time you were married? 
<laughs> it's like yeah that, that was the that was like his running joke for the entire time yeah uh, i'd be like what's your girl he's a dangerous girl ashley what's uh what's ashley up to uh i don't know something about work but hey at least you don't have to worry about those kind of problems anymore just like <laughs> yeah it's like uh, avoidance and diffusion yeah your life's in <laughs> shambles strategies. isn't that crazy <laughs> yeah well i mean you can you know you can handle it that's that's just I, how it is. Yeah, I kind of think that's a healthier way to handle things at, at the end of the day. It really is. Um, it wasn't like it, and it, you know, it would be gross if it was like he found the humor through like bashing her, and it wasn't that. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's not that kind of situation, so it makes it all a little bit more awkward. Where it's like, nah, things just we're kind of just uh, people just kind of. It's like that Chris Gethard line where it's like sometimes people just break. Yeah, <laughs> and you're, it happens. Yeah, this happens. You don't necessarily have anyone to be angry at. Um, or if you do, like it would, it wouldn't necessarily be uh, productive or entirely justifiable because you have a you have an understanding that people are nuanced and complex, yeah. and you know things occur in life. Um, you know, weird. it's a bummer for people that don't have that understanding because boy, do they go through some hurting. Oh man, let me tell you, being home, I was home for like three days, like my parents' home, not just like mm-hmm. Michigan home, but home, home, sleeping in like childhood bedroom that's been remodeled many times, but st- still, same place. Is that where they keep the margarita machine? No, they have, uh, they remodeled the kitchen. It's big enough for the margarita machine now. Okay. Um, Is but, that why they remodeled? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> but it's just, uh, I was there and, it was weird because, like I, like I said, they're like, you know, high school sweethearts. They're about to celebrate 30 years of marriage next week. And uh, so they have a lot of questions. And I guess that was really other than Ben, who's kind of been I, I talked to him. So he doesn't really have many questions for me because I just tell him everything. Uh, yeah. Everyone that I've interacted with in like the last two weeks. And I'm so sick of it. So if you're listening, stop. It's like they treat me like I uh, like I just got uh, like the cancer diagnosis where they're just like, how, how are you, how are you handling things? How is she yeah, handling it's things? Like a, how are a your po- it's almost like a post-mortem. Like it is. they come like I said, in and they, like, they investigate like the crime scene. Yeah. Yeah. So then everyone's like on their tiptoes and you want to just be like, how about we just talk about like anything else going on? Uh, but my parents are like, they're, they desperately want those answers. Like you said, like people just want, and it goes back to that altruism thing where it's like, well, they want to understand this thing wouldn't have happened unless this thing happened. Like there's always a cause and effect kind of relationship to things. Mm-hmm. And so like, uh, at one point, this is uh, exclusive to this podcast. At one point, my parents even, they, they texted Lisa to be like, Hey, sorry, this stuff fell apart. Not in an accusatory way, but like, you know, we're, we're, we're sorry this had to happen. And Lisa was like, uh, I think it's for the best. Um, we want different things ultimately, blah, 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 blah. And my mom calls me and she was like, this is vague. It's vague in a way that suggests you did something and she doesn't want to tell us. What did you do? And I was like, listen, <laughs> I was like, it's not that at all. It's, I think yeah. she's just telling you what, I, tell, I think she's telling you in the best way how she feels because she doesn't have a better way to say it just yet. And she was like, no, James. And she like read it to me like six times. And she's like, that yeah. reads like you did something and I don't want to be the one to tell your parents. And I was like, I, I, I was like, Let I listen to you 12 articles on misinterpreting things via text message and the problem that it creates for society. Oh my God. It was <laughs> like that. And then like, uh, when I was actually at the house, I'd talk about like going to see a screening of something. And my mom would respond by being like, do you think the fact that you have so many entertainment things going on is the reason why Lisa doesn't want to be with you anymore? <laughs> Damn. It's like, 
you know, it's, they're like grasping at straws, but they're like really hurtful straws. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, I mean, yeah, I've thought about that. Yeah. Obviously, I know me, right? Like, uh, yeah, every I, question you're gonna ask me, I've asked myself several times. Do I think I'm a piece of shit for at least one of the millions of reasons it could be? Yes, yeah. I have considered that possibility. I am a human, and I have faults and cracks in the system, <laughs> in my operating system. Uh, and then, and then, like the ultimate parenting catch twenty two to this all was i'm on there on the last day and they're they're encouraging me they're like you know you know when you're ready you'll find somebody and it'll ultimately this will all be for the best and stuff and then we're at we're at lunch on the day that i'm leaving to go to chicago to meet up with ben and we haven't talked about anything serious the whole meal and my dad's just like son we know that you travel a lot for work and you love to travel and you've been all over the country so far this year but when are you going to set down some roots I was like, I was like, do you, yeah. I was like, do you do you realize that I'm going through a divorce right now, guys? I just got uprooted. Yeah, I was like, everything was. There's uprooted. a word for that. And he was like, well, we just really, we'd really love. And my mom goes, we want grandkids, you know. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, guys, this is a really weird time to be putting out your requests. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of in this. I was like, I understand that you want me to settle down. Here's a spoiler alert. I thought I was up until like uh, two weeks yeah. ago. And so I kind of have to do the opposite of rooting in order to reroute. Like I kind of have to. This is more like the beginning of uprooting more than full fledged uprooting. Yeah. And uh, it was just like and in that moment, I think it really kind of encapsulated like what I've been going through with most people other than you and the other Ben and uh, I guess Lisa herself, cause she's kind of in it with me, but everyone else, it's kind of been like this amalgamation of at once wanting an explanation, trying to be understanding and also encouraging forward momentum. And no one knows how to do all three. Yeah. I can, you know, my, um, my view is like with any time there's like a, an event like this in people's lives or like a major, event i've i kind of i i always assume that everyone else in their life is doing what everyone else in your life is doing so i i'm just like let's just hit them with some normal <laughs> like you know like you acknowledge it when it when it comes up and if they if they need to if they need to talk about it you know but the best thing you can do is is just uh is just continue to be a regular person to them like you don't need to change who you are because they're going through something unless they need that and like and ask that of you, you know. Um, no, you're absolutely and right. People need normalcy when when life is weird. <laughs> well, yeah, it's uh, well, it, it and it's a twofold thing because I think our instinct as people is to make things very simple, cut and dry. So it's like, well, this ended, so new thing begins. And we don't really like to address or recognize that weird middle part. Like if it's the grieving period or however you want to describe it, there's like this weird part where we're like, eh, let's not, let's not talk about that gross stuff. Like, let's just move right on through. And I think it's absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think it's like you said, it's better to the, the dose of normal is good because I think the dose of normal is almost like the antidote to the, to the grieving process where it's like yeah. life goes on. And there's this part that's like the shitty thing is that life goes on. But then you realize that like, no, nah, actually that's the good thing. And like the grieving process is kind of that weird transition between those two realizations. Yeah. It's like, it's as if it's like those, it's like a video on YouTube of somebody you can, so there's a shot of a puddle, um, and there's and in the sh in the frame there's 
there's a person that's debating whether or not they're going to jump they're going to jump over the puddle try to jump over the puddle and there's clearly someone off camera coaxing them like you got this you got this like do it like rather than finding a way around the puddle or the muck or whatever they they're coaxed to take the jump and then more often than not just fall in the friggin puddle anyway <laughs> like and that's what mentally i picture that as like like, let's take our time to go around the puddle yeah. rather than try and just take the shortcut over it. And then we end up falling in shit anyway. <laughs> well, I, uh, I'm going to, this is going to be a whole Carlin themed episode because, uh, the other quote that was, I wrote down this weekend when I was riding around, I was like, I'm going to mention this on the show. Cause it was, uh, how I, how I kind of felt about it to people when they do the cut and dry thing. Carlin has this great quote that is, uh, just because the monkey got off your back doesn't mean the circus left town. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I yeah. was like, that's, that's pretty much, again, that could be another synopsis for this show. <laughs> just like, Absolutely. Uh, this is a show about the circus. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. No, absolutely. It's like, uh, that, that's like a, I feel like that applies to addiction as well. Yeah. I, I imagine it had something to do with, Carlin slowly weaning himself off cocaine, but and eventually red wine. That was like his last addiction. Drunk. Interest. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> but he checked himself in at like seventy-seven. At seventy-seven or whatever. Yeah, when he was super old, he checked himself in because I remember there's a story where he was gonna do whatever movie Kevin Smith was working on at the time. He was gonna do, and he called him like a week before it was supposed to. Start. Maybe it was Zach and Mary make a porno, and he called him and was like, "Kevin, love to do it, but I can't." And he was like, "Why?" He goes. Well, I've been having a little bit of problem with the sauce. I'm gonna go get it taken care of. Like it was that simple and that cut and dry. Where he was just like, "I realize I have an issue." <laughs> yeah. To go get it, and that's so him for anyone that knows his comedy. Where he was like, "You got an issue? Here's the answer." Like that's that was his method. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Well, at first, just, I imagine you know with with things like that, like I tend to be that kind of thinker. Like I'll internally like del it. Like I'll internally go over things in my own head and kind of look at it from all angles. And then once I come to a decision, I've kind of done it. Um, like I'm very firm in it. And, uh, but it's because I've like thought a lot about it before, you know, expressing that. And so with certain things, people will be like, why are you so sure of this? It's like, well, I spent the last three weeks going over it in my head. Like, and I've come to this conclusion <laughs> just because I didn't like air it out to the world. Uh, doesn't mean I didn't give it uh, serious thought. Yeah, that was a big thing I had to tell people during this trip was like, listen, I've spent the last like three weeks in a house by myself, for, like day and night. I've I've had time to sort. Like I've, I've yeah, I've dealt with some. I've gone on some emotional journeys. Mm-hmm. Um, and Carlin, that happened to Carlin at sixty nine, not seventy seven, but still, to be he died at seventy one. So at sixty nine, to be like, I gotta take care of this this alcohol. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's good that he. So wait, he he got sober two years before he died. Yeah. Good on him, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the founder of AA was begging for whiskey on his deathbed, and they wouldn't give it to him. So, you really? know, good on good on George. Yeah. Huh. Well, I mean, the founder of AA was also a super advocate of using LSD as a part of treatment, but they uh, took that out of the book. <laughs> um, why. Yeah. Why? Um, no, yeah, Carlin. Well, Carlin had like a ton of addictions he battled his whole life, but when he finally got clean, I think it was he kind of got into this habit of like self-correcting a lot better it's kind of what yeah. i find fascinating about him but it's also his whole stand-up his, like everyone says that he's the 
perfect ideal of like a comedian's life because he was really good in the 60s 70s he was still pretty great but then something happened when he hit like 50 and he just like became the greatest like he hit this weird late life self-realization moment where he was able to live his best self for like a sustained amount of time yeah well i think like part like you know maybe you get into like maybe you know as you get a little older you start to like get a bigger sense of the bigger picture and for anybody that's like musing on that or writing about it if you're really able to tap into it and be honest with yourself and see you know and really dive down like there's 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 you know timeless there're truly timeless things that can be uh gleaned from that or you just kind of like you know you're content and you don't feel the need to make as much noise anymore mm yeah, I think I'll probably be the one that makes a lot of noise. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm concerned about that uh, myself creatively as far as music goes because I'm pretty contented now. But like I, uh, yeah, it's like I'm trying to figure out like what to write about now that I'm not like now that uh, you know I'm working towards a, a decent life and it's sort of uh, establishing those, um, you know, trying to maybe write about the bigger picture rather than or I guess. I don't know. I'm, I'm conflicted. It's like I can't write about. Uh, I could keep writing about depression and all that, like all that stuff for the rest of my my life. But again, I got to learn how to look down that hole without falling in it. Mm. Um, you know. So it's yeah, it's interesting. And maybe that's part of like why why comedians like get to that point and start to do the like that big question comedy, but it never really hits because they, you know, they can't. They can't look down that hole without falling into it. Mm. You know, it's true. It's true. Uh, Carlin found a great way to do it by kind of passing. He found a way to transition into a very observational style of comedy late in life that still felt very rooted in self-deprecation. But it was like he could he could take you take the big picture of it all and you would condense it down to what was happening to him and who he was as a person and how it applied to all of us. Yeah, zoom out and then zoom in. Yeah, that's, yeah. And I think a lot of, up to this point, at least in my own life, I've been zooming <laughs> zooming in and then very slowly just ripping that open and showing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that's been my approach, just the inside. There's no, there's very little of the outside other than like, woe is me. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it, 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 it all takes, it all takes time. Everyone's everyone's running at their uh, at their own at their own pace in a in a sense. Absolutely, but I think uh, we're making ground. We're figuring it out. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, as you know, one foot in front of the other. You don't, you know, you. Uh, we, <laughs> dude, it's, I, I worry that uh, the more I don't, the more contented I feel. The closer I get to death. <laughs> oh my God, that's the like, perfect description for how I feel. You were like, you know, like you're because there's the there's that old saying, like, you know, once you figure it out, like or that like like crunchy belief or whatever, it's like you die once you figure it all out. Yeah. So like as I as I slowly get more content and I'm doing whatever, like I'm like, am I just like. Like if there is something else going on out there, are they going to like show up and be like, all right, you solved the puzzle. Let's go. Like. And it's not a real paranoia I have, but it's one that that uh like just on a 
uh, no, no, philosophical that's a real paranoia. Basis. Don't worry about it. That's a real paranoia because you know? I know it too. I have, uh, well, I always, you know what I do is I get in my head about, oh, I'll have that contentness and then I'll remember that the end of the uh, the end of the grieving process is acceptance. And I was like, shit, am I just accepting things? Is this- yeah, oh, <laughs> crap. Am I- yeah, am, am I, I going like, to go crap. be regular did again? I, yeah, did all of, was like the cycle of my depression, was that actually the cycle of grieving about the fact that my body is shutting down and I, <laughs> I am accepting the fact that the end is here? Like, no, I yeah. I have that, I've had that panic maybe a five dozen times. Um, so uh, that's one that I know fairly well. And I'll tell you what happens. Uh, the The antithesis of that is when, you uh you're very content and then you have a, a high idea as i like to say it more than anything most often that completely shatters whatever you've come to be content with for like two seconds maybe not like life altering oh my god my perception has changed but you consider a new angle for a second and all of a sudden your brain like expands yeah <laughs> and you're I'm like great oh my at god. undoing any like possible principle i have to stand on I'm <laughs> yes like, well like i believe in this thing and then i ask myself a couple questions and i'm like i guess i don't believe in that thing or like i can't write about it because clearly like it's too nuanced and and uh, complicated to to say one way or the other definitively yeah i think that's one of the reasons i have difficulty writing outside of music in general because like when you put a statement down and there's you know there's there's so much room for for growth and change and, and, you know, thoughts and traits and beliefs are dynamic and not static, or at least they shouldn't be static. Um, but you know, and it's like, well, like, how am I going to feel about this in six months or a year? Like I, you know, and you know, it's just like, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's weird to, there's almost hubris involved with thinking you can write something down and be like, yes, this is it. Exactly. And I think I need to like learn that, uh, the written word is even dynamic, you know, Mm -hmm. just because you put something down doesn't mean it's, it's there for good, you know? Yeah. But at the same time with the internet these days, I was just about to say this (laughs) more of a thing because like you write something down Four years ago, like I were, I used the word slut in a song in 2007 and I didn't mean it the way that I used the word uh, necessarily. Like I wasn't in a derogatory sense and like I was, I was younger and I don't like it, like it wasn't what, how uh, the offense is taken now for it, you know, with the, with slut shaming and, and, you know, um, sexual, like sex positive stuff stuff and yeah. Then and somebody like I guess brought it up to somebody else, and I was like, wait, no, 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 like this is a reflection of my shitty, like, 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 yeah, this is an inward reflection of the fact that I have work to do, not that somebody else has a is less than. Um, so it's like even then, like, that was a big thing after I first started writing. I was like, I didn't realize that everybody was gonna know all this stuff about me, even though I spelled it out pretty goddamn clearly. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't believe you listened to all those things I said. Yeah, like, why would you? Why would you listen to this? Like, <laughs> you're like, why would you listen to this stuff I put out there? You take uh, hoping that you to would the listen fact to it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, like, and so it's it, even that. It's like, you know, that like, right, like going and like writing a second record. I was like more reserved about it. Like, well, like, what do I like? Like thinking about editing myself or being like, am I is is this a thing I want to be something that sticks around? And it's especially thought now, like, you know, you write something and like 
four years later, you write something else, and but that's still there on the internet, and someone's like, well, you didn't think that four years ago, and it's like, well, no shit, I didn't. I fucking learned since then, you know. So it's you know, I've grown and changed as a person, like so on and so forth. Um, so it's it's one reason that it's one bad thing about the internet is that uh, it's just it's so permanent. Yeah. No, I, I that's I would say that, that is literally my every holdup in writing, but I'm sure that's pretty much everyone's creative. It's uh, it's uh, it's this weird thought that I had a while ago where I was really trying. I was writing about a lot of comedy for a while, and I was trying to decide like what it is, uh, like what is the big joke at the end of the day, like what it is that is funny, like what is ultimately a, the thing that is funny. Fart jokes. It, fart jokes. Yes. In the sense, short, it's like there's a million answers like that. That's like there's just some things that are just they are just for whatever reason funny. Um, but I think the the big joke in like high high thinking comedy, Carlin and all of that stuff, it's the fact that uh, all these people they come to this realization where they're like, I can I, we can we can forge reality to some degree. We can shape things. We can shape culture. We can shape our lives. We can make decisions, good and bad. We can learn from them and we can build on those. Uh, but ultimately, at the end of the day you still have to die and you don't get a say in how that happens. <laughs> like that's like that's. I mean, you do, you, you get, do a say get to a some say, ex, you get a say to an extent, but I mean, there are, there are extenuating, there are extenuating factors that you kind of don't get a say in. At the um, end of the day, you die. Yeah. At the end of the day, you have and to die. And it might be a surprise. And I that's think, the... <laughs> I think that that's ultimately that's, that's the source of all comedy is this realization that you can, if you are faced with a hill in life, any hill it may be, you can overcome that hill. And all the great comedians realize that even the biggest hills in culture and society are hills that could ultimately be overcome if people just put a lot of their bullshit aside and kind of work together. We could overcome most things. But ultimately, we still all have to die. And so uh, at the very least, we should learn to put up with each other. Yeah. Um, that's one of the – that's like a thing I, I – that's one, it touches on a thing I tell I've, – I've like – I've written down a few times like that's one of the things one of the things about hills or upward battles or just like the notion of upward is that it's finite it ends and then eventually things level off like if there's an uphill if there's an up there's a down you know if things get hard if things get hard you know they eventually have to get easier yeah no. Just if you're thinking, like, if you're going figurative as far as, like, topography of life and, and actual topography goes, mm-hmm. you know, it's climbs end eventually. Exactly. Um, I hate to do this, but I have to uh, hop off and take a work call. I haven't actually talked to my boss in about a, about a week face-to-face because of all the traveling. Um, Dude, it's all good. So I'm going to do that. But we did it over an hour, so hopefully people that were, you know, itching for a new episode will be satisfied but we're hoping to do this more often i can do this i think tuesdays are good for us right now so we're gonna try cool. to stick to Tuesdays. i have to i am uh so starting next week i have to do i'd have to do it in the like before like earlier in the morning or later in the e or later in the afternoon but uh generally yeah tuesday is pretty chill yeah so we'll do that and maybe we can record an extra one at some point since we got so far behind because i feel like we yeah. can talk more i just have to take this i just have to do this call no absolutely absolutely do that we'll uh and we'll touch we'll touch base next week i'll i'll take my computer down to the to the campsite with me and we'll uh we'll do some i'll do some on location business all right sounds great um before people, before we go, the, we have a Twitter, not quite pod. We'll be hopefully posting a link to subscribe to the podcast at some point in the near future. 
And then yes. uh, you and I are on Twitter, but people can find us after they follow Not Quite Pod because that's kind of the important one. So follow it. That is one. Tell people. Reach out to us. What is we have? Do we have an email? Uh, yeah, it's just Not Quite Pod at gmail dot. I, I don't want to put a. Actually, I'm not sure of that. I, I can't remember. <laughs> it's either so Pod or just Podcast. Slide into the DMs. Yeah, slide into the DMs, and you can send us a message. Uh, yeah, and I guess we'll talk to you for the next episode at some point, hopefully within seven days or less. Just keep breathing. Very soon. Yeah, just keep breathing. Into the nose, out through the mouth. All right, I'll talk to you soon, Ben. I'll see you, man. Take care. Yep, bye.